1: What's up, Bucks fans? Back here at it at Pirate Parlay on the SICK Podcast Network. I'm your host, JC Allen. We had a great podcast earlier this week with Dot and joining us. Definitely check that out if you haven't already. Uh, today, we're going to preview the matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions in the divisional round. Winner goes to the NFC Championship. Uh, I've got some good friends coming on here um, from the Pride podcast, uh, from the Detroit Lions podcast, and we'll get them on here just in a minute after the break
0: up your, your body. body. because you're about to listen to the Sick, sick, podcast. Podcast. The sick podcast, Pirate Parlay.
2: Battle intercepted, picked off of the end zone. Bucks are gonna beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world.
0: The sickest Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. It's
1: gonna be sick.
3: sick. sick.
1: sick. Back here after the break. we're gonna bring my friends in, Tyler and Pierre from the pride podcast detroit lions podcast I'm gonna get into all things bucks uh lions in this matchup break down the injury report see who's trending to go who's not also touch back on that week six and what to expect going forward but first things first how the hell are you guys
3: josh we're excited man there's no round in detroit we haven't had this and god knows how long so we're excited man
2: yeah just thrilled i mean we were hyped for last week to get that first home playoff game in you know thirty-two years and or thirty years, and now again another one back-to-back weeks. It's, it's a good time, man. Good time to be a Lions fan.
1: So my question for you right off the gate is, is it Super Bowl or bust for you guys? Because for the Bucks, I think moving on to the divisional round, most Bucks fans are obviously they want to continue to go further, but they're content with where they are given what they had to do. The nearly eighty million in cap space, you know, playing so many rookies and so many young players. I feel like going further is great. But if they lose this week, then they're fine with the way they're at. Winning a playoff game, moving on to the division round. What is the temperature like in Detroit?
3: I think the expectation right now is they should win this game. Um, that's the expectation. But I think some people would be content. But overall, I think everyone's goal is, you know, Super Bowl or bust because you don't go in to get a win and just, I mean, going out sucks. So, uh, I would say the expectation right now is to make it to the NFC Championship, whether it's versus the Niners or the Packers.
2: Yeah, I, I agree for the most part. I think before the season, it was win the division and win one playoff game, which they've obviously already met right now. But I think seeing the opportunity that you kind of have dealt with you getting another home game and, and being, you know, pretty much a touchdown favorite in this game, it's like now we're we're kind of raising the goalposts a little bit. We're, we're raising it and say, hey, let's go win another one and let's see how far this is going. The NFL, I mean, you guys seen it. There is no promise. There is no tomorrow given. You know, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles, who were just in the Super Bowl last year, thought they had the biggest, you know, future ahead of them. They're knocked down the first round, which you guys just did last week. So, when you have an opportunity to go win it, like, you shouldn't be satisfied or contented, in my opinion. Yeah. Right.
1: And, you know, I, obviously the goal of every season is to win the Super Bowl, especially from a team standpoint. But um, I think where the Bucs were in Lions were a little different. You guys built a lot of momentum last season. Well, um, you know, the Bucs, they're moving on from the goat. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot yeah. of retooling to be done. So um, I definitely want more games to go on. Fans definitely want. But the season isn't a failure at this point, I feel like, for the Bucs. And I don't think it would be for the, the Lions either. Um, if either one were to move on in advance, but before we go in the future, let's go to the past and go back to that Week Six game where the lines won twenty to six. You look at that score at you know at halftime, the lines were only up ten to three. They didn't really start to pull away until you know late in the third quarter that touchdown pass to Jamison Williams, where they just kind of miscommunication. Uh, let let Williams sneak past and, and go for that forty five yard touchdown, and then the the Riley Patterson, you know, to put the exclamation point on it uh, at the top of the fourth. But you know what from that game kind of stands out um, about this Bucs team, uh, maybe that you're like, okay, well, yeah, we won, but is there something that you know kind of rewatching it and, and revisiting it, you're like, it was a little bit closer than I thought.
3: Yeah, to me, Josh, it's two things. One thing is Baker Mayfield; he was off that game, and I'm not expecting. I'm expecting that his best because it's a big game. Um, he was just missing easy throws. He was off that game. Another thing is for the Lions; they were without Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery left that game earlier. Right. So I guess those two things. Maybe I know you guys have a great run defense, the Bucks, but I feel like the Lions have one of the best rushing offenses as well.
2: Yeah, I- it was. One of those games I kind of expect to be kind of close. I, I remember going back because it was a close spread and I thought the Buccaneers were actually gonna cover. I thought the Lions would win, but I thought the Buccaneers were gonna cover and um you guys our defense ended up playing pretty well, but it felt like Baker missed a couple of throws, like Pierre mentioned too. And like if he clicks on a couple of those throws, and we're maybe talking about a different ball game, you know, like a different score at least. Maybe the lines still win, but it's a lot closer than what the scoreboard indicated it to be. But kind of just like what Pierre said a minute ago, I'm gonna mimic what he just said, that the, our running backs were missing in that game. No Jameer Gibbs in that game monty gets out in that first half you're missing one of your key offensive linemen, jonah jackson that game too and for the most part for the lions in this game now you are pretty much fully healthy at least going into the game we don't know how the game's going to be once it starts but going into the game you are pretty much full strength healthy on both sides of the ball so you know that i think that's big time stuff for the lions but that was week six man that was a really long time ago i think both teams have evolved a lot since that game
1: and let's talk about that evolution of Where have the Lions kind of changed? Obviously, you know, Jameer Gibbs came on almost nearly almost had two 1,000-yard rushers. um, But kind of like what's different for this Lions team from week six to now uh, in this divisional round matchup?
3: I would say a more aggressive defense. Um, Aaron Glenn has out of the blitz more over the past few weeks. And you kind of live by it and die by it. He leaves corners one-on-one. If the blitz doesn't get there, you die by it. If it gets there, you know, you make a play. So And he mentioned that today in his press release. That's just the way it is. We're going to get ours. We're going to get theirs. But we got to get more than them. Yeah.
2: And I would say offensively, I think our young guys have really grown since that game. Like Sam Laporta was good at that time, but he's turned up a whole different notch. Jameer Gibbs really started to break out the week right after the Bucks game. And that's where he was kind of still looked like a rookie at that time. Now he's looking like a legitimate running back who's kind of been in the, the league for a minute now. He looks like a seasoned vet already. <laughs> So I would say the Lions have grown a lot since that game with their with their young players offensively and just kind of getting out of that that early season rut, you know. And I think every team deals with it. And the Lions were kind of in that that early season rut. Like they're winning games, but there's some things that were kind of missing. And I think not that they're fully there yet, but I think for the most part, like they they have improved a lot offensively since from that game.
1: All right. And you mentioned, you know, biggest thing was health, right? There's they're health, they're pretty much healthy going in. The Bucks can say the same. So let's get into this injury report here um on the Bucks side, Shaq Barrett. Yaya Diaby, edge rushers, uh, both didn't participate Wednesday. Shaq didn't participate today. Uh, Yaya was limited, but I can say um, that both of these guys are going to play. This won't be out until after par- practice and um, you know tomorrow where Bulls will officially declare. But Shaq and Yaya both will play in this week. Um, the question mark here is Chase Edmonds, who is out with a toe Wednesday and Thursday's practice. Um, did not participate again. Not really sure where he's trending um there's a potential he could play it's it's one of these games where you know if you, if you got a toe but it's it's let's go kind of deal uh gowan didn't participate with a knee he's been getting um rest days uh but limited participation today and baker's full go ankles ribs he's full participation on track to start this game and he's got a little chip on his shoulder we're get into that after but what's it look like over on the detroit side
2: for the Lions side, it's pretty easy. I mean, the only guy who did not practice the last two days, Khalif Raymond, and he missed last week, so it looks like he'll probably miss another game. Um, everyone else was either a full participant, and Sam Laporta was unlimited on Thursday, but that makes sense with, uh, obviously, the injury that he suffered week 18. He played, so I expect him to give it a go. And then also to note, the Lions activated James Houston off IR, who hasn't played since week two, and um, they waived pass rusher Julian Acquare. So that's our whole
3: injury report pretty, for, for, for the most part. What so, kind of uh,
1: impact can Houston make?
3: That's what I was going to get into. Uh, last year, are. he had eight sacks in seven games. So he is a quick pass rusher, speedy guy, not good against the run. He's more of a situational pass rusher on third downs, obvious passing situations. Um, they drop him into coverage once in a while. Not the best at that either. You know, he's still learning. But he's like a pure speed guy. He wins with speed. That yeah. That's what he is
2: it's going to be interesting to see how he looks this sunday because obviously he hasn't played since week two so there obviously could be some rust but something that he did last year because he came out of nowhere on thanksgiving was just just get to the quarterback like he is nowhere near a perfect edge rusher but as far as just getting to the quarterback you know that he he does a pretty damn good job of doing that so i expect like third and mid third and longs like you could probably expect to see james houston off there yeah
1: right and and you know i talked about baker chip on his shoulder well One of your players added to that this or last week, but it surfaced this week with the the matchup locked in. Chauncey Garner-Johnson, good old Chauncey, decided to uh, wake the sleeping bear in Baker um, and say, that Tampa team, they got a good wide receiver core. mentioned Russell Gage, who hasn't played all season, and they'd be a great group if they had a good quarterback. I asked Baker about that the other day, and he pretty much said, well, he needs to watch some more film. Um, Are you... Worried that Chauncey's running his mouth. Cause you know, you you see like Jameer Gibbs. Um, he comes out with a, I I have a huge respect for Vita Vea quote. Um, you know, obviously Dan Campbell's been hugely um uh, dumped the praise hugely on, on this team. Baker, uh, you guys, if the Lions on their YouTube, I shared it on my on my Twitter page, Had you know, went through a full breakdown of Chris Gollin, Rashad White, Levante David, and how impactful those guys are. But Chauncey just can't. Seem to help with this Bucs team starting back to the Saints days.
3: Um, That's the kind of player he is. We know that. I mean, this is playoff football. You kind of want a little trash, like going back and forth a little. I don't have a problem with it, honestly. It's CJ. That's just – if you know CJ, you've watched him. I mean, you're a Bucs guy. You know the Saints. This, it's who he is. He's going to run his mouth regardless. Yeah, I mean, he's just one of those players. It doesn't matter who we're playing,
2: what week it is. It could be his mama. He's going to talk. Uh, That's just how CJ is, man. Uh. It doesn't shock me in the slightest. I mean, I could see where it could like irk off fans, where it kind of gives the other teams some bolt to improve material for sure. Like Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to use that one hundred percent. They're in their meetings and their are their bolt to improve. Like it, I, I could see where that could irk off some people, but. Hey man, you have an opportunity to be on the field now. Go show yourself. You know, go get interception now. Like if you're gonna do all this talking, you gotta show it on the field. Because at least with the one thing with CJ, like he missed majority of the season. When he's talking, it's like, ah, right, come on, man. Like you're not even on the field. But now at least he's on the field, so you know now it's time for him to go prove it out there. If you're gonna talk, you gotta go back it up now on the field on Sunday.
1: Right, and, and definitely bulletin because I was surprised that he mentioned Russell Gage when I asked Baker because he, I, you know, that was part of the quote i just i didn't i didn't mention that part so he had seen that prior to and maybe was prepped that it was coming or or just saw it on his own but the reason i ask um is because while the lions have been pretty damn good um when it comes to stopping teams from running the ball on them second in the league um passing has been a completely different story They've allowed uh, an average of 247 yards finished 27th in the regular season and oh by the way You know, Matt Stafford went off for 367 yards. So, you know, to piss a guy off who had one of his best games and then come into here where it's going to be a crazy uh, atmosphere, just what has been up with the Lions secondary and um, what can we expect on Sunday uh, of of them coming up against the Bucs?
3: So, uh, Cam Sutton has been dealing with a foot and toe injury. You can tell he doesn't look like the same player. He's just playing through it. And then at the nickel, they got Brian Branch, who's the best corner on the team, in my opinion. He's a stud. And then the other spot, it's kind of just who you got on the roster. There's Kendall Vildor. He's a tough player, good against the run, but he gets beat one-on-one. Like I said, that blitzing, he leaves guys one-on-one. If it hits, it's good. If it doesn't, you get burned. But one thing Mm -hmm. with the Lions' defense is if you looked at the game versus the Rams, the red zone defense was really good. They stopped the Rams, I believe, twice to three points instead of six. So that was huge, and it's been really good over the last few weeks. So the Lions are hoping to build on that. Well, it's kind of like a bend, but don't break. You give up the yards, but you don't give up the points, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, this defense is far from a finished product right now. I think coming into the season, like we knew this was not going to be the finished product. I mean, our cornerback two situation has been you know a mess, and even our cornerback one situation, like Cam Sun's not playing to the ability of a, a cornerback one right now. He's more of a cornerback two. And branches, he's a good nickel, so you feel comfortable with him, but – the outside has been an issue pretty much all year. And, you know, when the Lions have to face elite receivers, they've had some big time issues. And obviously this this matchup has a couple elite receivers with especially Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in there. So it's definitely going to have the Lions have a handful this Sunday in this game. But kind of like Pierre said, man, it's like just keep them out of the end zone. Like we're going to give up yards. Um, you're gonna probably get a guarantee three points, but you got to keep them on the end. zone at the end of the day, you, your your identity for this football team is gonna always be from your offense. So if your offense can keep scoring points and limiting the defense, that's how they're gonna win football games. It just can't be a situation where the lines are getting zero turnovers or zero forcing zero punts. Like they have to get a couple of stops. But for this year, and I think for as long as we have Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, I don't think the identity of this team will ever be the team's defense. I think it's always gonna come from the offense.
1: Speaking of the offense and the defense, both guys up for head coaching jobs, uh, Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, both getting uh, getting a bunch of interviews. Uh, just what about them? How how they have helped change the identity of this of this Lions team over the last couple of years? Obviously, Johnson turned down interviews last year. Uh, set he's set to take a bunch of them already. Has completed some of them already. What have those guys done in addition to Campbell to kind of change the culture and and everything uh, around the Lions?
3: Um, I think Ben kind of brought that calmness to the offense where they could, I mean, before Ben, we couldn't really run the ball and pass the ball at a high level. Now they're doing that. Um, Jared Goff, the trust he has in Jared Goff to make changes at the line of scrimmage that Sean McVay didn't really have. Jared Goff is in command of this offense. Um, he, uh, he plays to his strength. And Ben Johnson also knows the O-line is elite. So he uses his O-linemen kind of different than other teams would use his O-linemen. Sometimes he runs them on routes. Um, you'll see that on Sunday. He he motions. Sometimes we will have Sewell on the left side and have maybe someone else on the right side. So he moves them around. Um, he plays to their strengths. And he also, one thing I love about Ben Johns, he'll keep attacking a weakness until the defense stops it in the game or until they adjust. So keep going at it until you fix it. If you don't fix it, good luck.
2: Yeah. And then as far as Aaron Glenn kind of like what i just said a second ago like this is far from a finished product and i think for the most part like he's gotten the most out of these guys because i mean like the personnel is not great out there like they have some good players out there hutchins is a good player Anzalone's is a good player but like there's a lot of positions you look on this football team on the defense side of the ball and it's just like man like they they, they could definitely have some better players. they're like kindleville doors not on many playoff teams right now uh benito jones is not starting for many playoff teams right now and like that's what the lions have right now and you know like i said it's not a finished product see? but for the most part, getting the best out of them. And, and having an identity on defense, I think, is important. They have an identity. They're going to stop this run, like you mentioned. They're one of the top teams in the NFL at stopping the run. So they do have an identity. Um, now, it's not a perfect even. Like I said, their passive defense is, is horrendous. But, like, at the very least, from the last, I'd say, 10 years of Lions football, it could probably go deeper. The Lions have never had an identity on defense for, I said, like, one year in 2014. It's always been... This is going to be terrible. This is going to be god-awful. So I'll give the Lions what they have out there. They do have an identity. Um, And I I think for the most part, Aaron Glenn is getting the most out of these guys. All
1: right. Question for both of you guys right here. I want want both of you guys to answer this. Um, If the Lions are going to win, they have to do what on defense? Can't hear you.
3: I would say it's red zone defense, you know, Um, limit like don't alarm six, three, Uh, get, get your stops on third and long. The lines have actually kind of struggled a little on third and long over the last couple of weeks, which is kind of surprising. They've given up big plays on third and long. So get your stops on third downs. And if you're in the red zone, uh, limit them to three instead of six. Yeah.
2: Um, I think it's something they've done all year, honestly. And I think they should do well this Sunday to stop the running game. I mean, like, Get that aspect out of it first and make the Buccaneers one-dimensional. Now, you guys could still probably generate some type of offense just with how Baker's been playing recently and your, your pass catchers. But I think the number one focus the Lions have to come in is stopping the run game. Because once that running game gets going, that's when it gets really scared for this Lions defense. Because if they can't stop the run and pass, I don't see how they get off the field. You could, Then it gets into those long T.O.P. drives. And if we lose a T.O.P., then it gets really scary. So I think the first thing the lines have to figure out is stopping this run game. And then we'll
3: figure out what we have to do afterwards. Josh, I have, a, I have a question for you. So I've noticed Canales, you know, he hasn't really been successful in get, getting the run game going, but he still sticks with it. There's still like kind of like a balanced attack. Mm. Is there, does that frustrate, you know, the fans or because <laughs> if it's not working, like, you know, it's kind of like a waste of down, first and second down, whatever it is. It's like a waste. Well, it's
1: funny because I was going to say, too, between Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick and Dave Canales, they're the top three uh, offense coordinators in run, run, pass. (laughs) They they live or die by it. So um, first things first, he wants to have that balance, you know, establish a ground game. It's it's one of these things where I I forget which game it was, um, but one of the games they won. Uh, the run game wasn't working in the first quarter run game wasn't really working in the second quarter it wasn't really working in the third quarter but he stuck with it by the fourth quarter boom and it's just kind of wear these guys down hammer these guys down you can't really make yourself one-dimensional because you can't set up anything else in the in the in the passing game that he wants so he's going to do it has it been frustrating at times yes you <laughs> why are you running you know you're running on first and the first down you're getting one yard now you're running on second down you get one yard and now you're stuck in a third and eight situation, third and seven situation. Now you have to pass. They can pin the, pin their ears back and come after You luckily the bucks have had two of the best, you know, tackled to you him. Know, one of the best tackle tandems in the league with, uh, Trisha Werfs and, and Luke Gedecky. But, you know, has it been frustrating at times? Yes. Do I understand the metho- methodology of it? Do I understand what he's trying to do? Of course. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's just like you're shooting, uh, shooting yourself in the foot, kind of wasting these downs. Uh, there is one, there's been a few bonehead play calls and he'll, he'll own up to that. There was a fourth down, try to conversion on a pitch that just got demolished. I forget which team that was against, but there's been a few of them where you're like, running on second and 15. Like what the hell are you doing? You know, uh, you get three yards on it. Now you're in third and 13. So it's just like, there's some times where you're like, you feel like you're banging your head against the wall, but more times than not. um, I think, especially in the games that they've won, uh, you've seen the results and why. So especially, Uh, The last, you know, six weeks where everything's come along. I see. I had Dave on the podcast earlier and he said, even in Seattle, this run scheme takes a minute. It took us half a season to really for everyone to understand what their assignments are, running backs, everything like that. It took a while to get that developed. And then once it did, it took off. So it's something that, you know, he's going to live or die by being balanced. A little bit of directive comes from Bowles, too. He really wants to have a more balanced run game. You know, I mean, they won't. You know, confirm that, but you know, after last year when Brady's driving back sixty times a game, he wants to have that balance. He wants to give that defense a breather, and it's all about chewing up clock too at the, at the same time.
3: Right. Um, one more question. Mm-hmm. So I look at the Bucks offense and defense home versus away. So away, this is per ESPN. They're uh, 26th in completion percentage. This is pass defense. 26 in yards per attempt and 29th in total QBR. What's the difference between the Bucks defense at home? away so, why is it kind of like a tail of two halves
1: it's funny because i think the offense is the same way but it's better the offense is better on the road and the defense is is better at home so um i think they they vibe up the the crowd's energy for sure um but they're also the same kind of same kind of thing like the lions are doing they're bend but don't break the red zone defense is one of the best In the leagues, you're you're at the point where when they get down, when the opposing team gets down to 22, 23, you're like, come on, just get like four yards, please. Like, (laughs) get inside the red zone so the red zone defense can come out. But uh, I think that's increased, too. You know, a lot of their latest games are home games, too. So those numbers are skewed toward more the beginning of the season. But if you look at, like, their last, you know, over the last six games, three of those have came, four of those have came at home and they've really kind of turned it around. Part of that's healthy. Part of it is they're playing so many young guys um, that, you know, and, and guys are injured, so people were in and out of the lineup that the communication wasn't there as well. Um, so, like, now you've seen guys start to get healthy. Uh, got The young guys are fully know and digest the system. I mean, they've got an undrafted guy playing uh, starting nickel. They've got Kalaja Kansi starting rookie at defensive tackle. Yaya Diaby starting outside linebacker. You know, Zion McCombs, a second-year player, just started at safety all last week, his first time starting at safety. So, like, they've got a lot of young pieces that are still learning the offense, learning their roles in the offense, and then injuries. So I, I think you'll see a better performance this week. Um, it's just that there are so many variables, I think, that you have to account for, too. But definitely, you know, they feed off the crowd, too.
3: Okay, it makes sense.
1: So to my other point, so I asked you what the Lions they're going to win, what they need to do on defense. What do the Lions need to do on offense if they're going to win this game?
3: Run the football and don't turn it over. Um, I would say that's it, honestly. And, you know, exploit those young corners that you talked about, that nickel corner. I know he's having a good year, but Amon Ra is a tough ask. And I know the linebackers are good, but covering Sam Laporta is also a tough ask and Jameer Gibbs. So I feel like kind of exploit those matchups where you have an advantage and attack them that way. And then take your occasional shot. If Bowles wants to blitz, you know, maybe send Jameson Williams on a nine or a post and attack them that way. Tell them, like, if you want to blitz us, we'll pick it up and we'll attack you. So kind of make, make the Bucks defense think a little.
2: Yeah, I would say just stay aggressive all game. You know, be, be have the foot on the gas pedal all game. Because we saw that Lions last week. Like, those first three drives were, were very nice, man. Three straight touchdown drives. Then the second half, it was just like they, they couldn't really get much going. So it's just like staying aggressive all four quarters and, and staying true to the running game. I know you guys have a very, very good run defense, but I think with this Lions running game, like you have to get David Montgomery involved. You have to get Jameer and Gibbs involved, especially with this offensive line play and how they've been playing recently. Like you have to stay stick true to the running game but get all your guys involved, man. You have uh, an elite pass catching, you know, duo with Amon-Ra, and even Laporte is a little banged up. But Laporte has been great this year, so getting them involved still. So it, it's really just using all your pieces on offense, and it, if you could own the time possession, obviously keep the Bucks' offense off the field for as long as possible.
1: All right, let's flip this to the other side. So, uh, let me know where you think that these Bucks need to attack. So on offense, what do they need? to What do the Bucks need to do to win? Where, where are the? What are the weaknesses, so to speak, on that defensive side? We kind of already touched on it, but if they're going to win this game, what do they need to do?
3: Attack the outside corners, and when they're in zone, uh, you know, find those soft spots in zone. The Lions sometimes play like a soft zone shell, so and I'm Mike Evans has all these choice routes, so I'm sure they'll exploit that a little. But that's what I would say: attack the outside corners in the zone, and maybe try to get the run game going. But good luck with that.
2: Yeah, it's it's cashing in the end zone too, like with your outside guys mainly, but cashing in the end zone, like not settling for three, like too many times. If you settle for three, one or two times okay, but like this is gonna come down one of those games. I don't think you could settle down for settle for threes too much because like the Lions' offense is is ready to score. They have one of the better red zone offenses. They've been clicking recently, so when the Bucks have an opportunity to score, like it has to be touchdowns for the most part. And I think it it comes from what Pierre just mentioned is getting the outside game involved because of how our outside cornerbacks have played recently. So Mike Evans, you know, getting Chris Godwin involved, even Trey Palmer. He gave some issues in that that other game too. So getting all those guys involved against our corners, like that could be a favorable match for the Buccaneers.
1: So obviously when you look at it, um, it's not going to just going to be one guy on Mike, who's going to be the guy who's, who's, who's that over the top, who's helping the bracket, Mike and, to another extent, we've seen all season teams try to bracket um, Godwin as well. Kind of, you know, double coverage, both of them when they can. Who's the guy that's pretty much going to be essentially taken out of the game because he's got to help with over the top with Mike.
3: So the Lions actually rotate at safety. They got three really good safeties right now. Um, okay. It's not. And they also have like different rules. So sometimes if a guy goes in motion, the corner will go back and the safety will come up. So I don't want to say specific player, but I would say maybe expect Cam Sutton more on Mike Evans. Mm. He's our number one corner. He's kind of been more on the number one guys, but I don't necessarily think there's going to be one specific guy on him the entire game or one safety. The Lions mix it up a lot. Like they're different rules. Like I said, what teams, what the Rams exploited last week is they had Kirby Joseph as a safety. They brung him in motion. Kirby came down, Cam went up at safety and they attacked Kirby Joseph. So that's like what I said, you guys could attack those zones or whatever.
1: All right. Oh, that's dangerous. Safety. Yeah. Uh, Kirby Joseph is a great player. Really liked him coming out of college. But if you put him one on one against Mike. That's uh, that's a dangerous matchup for the Lions to have. If the uh, the Bucks are going to win on defense, uh, you know what do they have to do on on defense?
3: Uh, turnovers <laughs> cause turnovers. Yeah, and stopping the run. I mean, I know you guys are really good against against the run, but when the Lions' run game isn't going, we've seen kind of we've seen the chargers game their pass off and just went crazy but we've seen other games where they've struggled as a whole on offense mm-hmm. so uh stopping the run and you know red zone defense yeah i i pretty much same thing but
2: causing turnovers like winning the turnover battle for sure is going to come big in this game and i think there's two quarterbacks on both sides like they they're, they've been relatively clean this year but they're they're like they could have games where they could turn over the ball both of them you know golf and yeah. baker mayfield so Sometimes you don't really know what to expect when you head into a game with both those guys, and um, you know the Buccaneers' defense is aggressive, man. Like they like to blitz a lot, so you know that, that that's going to be an interesting matchup for this
3: Lions' offense. And Jared Goff recently has played well against the blitz, um, so it's going to be interesting, man. It really is. Yeah,
2: Jared Goff has two. Jared Goff has two stories to the blitz. He's either very good or very bad. Like we, we've seen it <laughs> both. You know, early down the year it wasn't great. Last year he was phenomenal. Obviously in L.A little back but like that will just go out and blitz him and he's gonna make mistakes but he's grown a lot since i would say you know from, from those la days and when people were doing that every week to him
1: baker's been all right during the blitz. he hasn't really had many turnovers on the blitz it's more like he tries to create baker magic and like sacks himself yeah <laughs> it's kind of been like but i totally agree both of these guys these quarterbacks they've been clean this year but at the same time you're like, oh, they could throw an interception <laughs> at any time. Right. Uh, and you just kind of like brace for it, even though like it hasn't happened a lot. You still like you feel like it could happen at any moment. But um, final thing here, we'll get you guys out of here. We'll wrap up the show. But I need score predictions, at least at least close to them. I know we still have another day of, of practices to get through and, you know, two more days till the game. But, you know, kind of rough predictions. Feel free to like. Or change your mind, you know, later down the line. But
2: yeah. Uh, I think it's gonna be a dogfight. fight. But I think there'll be some scoring in this game on both sides. I'm gonna go 27-21 Detroit.
3: Yeah, um, I think ultimately the crowd last week, Tyler and I were there actually. Um, we nice. cost two timeouts for the Rams. They couldn't in the in the second half. They had trouble communicating. They beat the record at Ford Field, I think was one of the fifth loudest fourth highest in nfl history fourth highest in nfl history so i expect the crowd to even be louder this game just because the stakes are higher and i think the crowd's going to factor in i'm going to go with 24 20 lines i think it's going to be a close one but i think the home field and the crowd and all that will be a little more advantage.
1: Yeah, it's gearing up to be a really good game because it's one of these games where, obviously, you're a Bucs. If you cover the Bucs or you're Bucks Bucs fans, you're probably going to lean towards the Bucs. If you cover the Lions or yeah, pick the Lions, right. you're, you're probably going to go with the Lions. But it's really one of these games that it's going to really – I think it's going to be really interesting once, like, the national pundits start to weigh in that don't, like, have a dog in the fight. And some of, like, the more educated ones, I should say, uh, start to kind of weigh in because it's one of these games where – yeah, the Lions are, you know, they're the higher seed and they've been the better team all year. But, you know, when a team bottles catches lightning and bottles magic, like the way the Bucks are doing, you know, you go back to the Giants in 2007, 2011, coming in at six seeds and and beating the unbeaten Patriots, you know, and then beating them again. Um, it's kind of hard to, like, put a grasp, like a, a figurative number or anything like that. Um, so, like, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game, much better than the week six game, I think. Um, And I think the biggest thing for these two teams is stay clean, you know, Um, can't really turn the ball over. And whoever ultimately the turnover ratio, I think, is going to, you know, determine this uh, game more than anything. But it should be a lot of fun. Guys, I want to thank you for popping in here. Uh, Feel free to go ahead and plug yourselves, your exes, Twitters, whatever, and your podcast. Anything else you guys have working on? uh, Go ahead.
3: Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Detroit Lions fan page and on Twitter at DLFP tweets. Um, and then our podcast is the Pride Podcast, We're on every everything you can think of.
2: Yeah, and then for me, is f- same thing. Twitter, Tyler, or X, sorry. Uh, Tyler mm-hmm. underscore so, Sawa. And then I'm on uh, Lions Nation uh, underscore, or underscore Lions Nation underscore on Instagram but Josh man who would have thought week 6 man we would be playing the divisional round in a playoff game lions bucks i about that
1: lions bucks like legit you said this like okay let's not say last couple of years cuz brady was here but like you say this like 5 years ago people are like yeah you're you're smoking something right. like yeah lions bucks of like the the two like losing his franchises in in the NFL are here Here they are
2: you know classic nfc central matchup here in the playoffs. yeah, yeah. classic
1: nfc central opponents there I, I i'm excited listen i got love for the lions san laporta and amon Ra brought me to a championship this year so nice. um I, I if if the bucks are going to lose to anybody and um you know i hope continue to advance through i i would i wouldn't want it to be anybody else but the lions this year so um because I don't like the other team. Fair <laughs> so, enough. Um, but yeah, so it's it uh, should be a great matchup. I'm excited for it. I'm sure we'll have a little back and forth uh, throughout the game. And uh, good luck to y'all. And uh, we'll maybe we'll touch base after after the game's over.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate, Appreciate
1: it. it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yeah, here you have it. Uh, a little inside preview on the Detroit Lions uh, from a couple of my friends over on the uh, X platform, Twitter platform, whatever. Uh, Given some great stuff, great insight. Uh, it should be a really fun game. I, I'm really excited for it. Um, I know a lot of you fans are excited for it, and you know, we'll see what the outcome is, but I'm rolling with the bucks. Uh, we'll, we'll get more on that. Uh definitely check out uh the other podcasts that we've had on here, Kate On earlier in the week, but so many other great podcasts this year. Shaq Barrett, uh Dave Canales, uh, Rashad White, Luke Geddecky, Cody Mock, like, and I've got I was just in the locker room today. I've got a couple more guests lined up as well for the, uh, for the off season. And if we continue to roll in, you know, we're going to be t- continuing to get guests in here. So um, it's going to be uh nothing but up towards this plus draft time off season. We're still rocking and rolling here. So uh, guys I want to thank you for coming here. You guys know, you can follow me at JC Allen NFL on Twitter, all my work over at bucks game day, sports illustrated, check that out. And uh, that's going to do it for us here at pirate parlay on the sick podcast network. Another episode done and out of the way. We're out of here. Peace.
0: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast pirate parlay on YouTube, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early.